Hey, welcome to All American, a fake crime podcast. I just want to give you a trigger warning up front. This episode contains hate speech, homophobia, misogyny, violence, suicide. So if you're triggered by any of those things, be forewarned. They are very explicit in this episode. On March 17, 1994, Chris Hodges visited Walden Books at the Governor's Square Mall and purchased a small hardbound journal. We know this because the book remains and taped inside the front cover is the original receipt from that day. The date has been highlighted yellow, sort of a memorial to the purchase of the book, which occurred the day after he returned from his mysterious, unexplained disappearance. Beginning with the day he bought the book and continuing through his suicide on March 15, 1998, Chris made entries in a journal that told of his inner thoughts and of the nightmares that he was suffering through during the period. He didn't make entries every day, but he did make them several times a week during most of the time period in question. The entries provide a detailed account of the downward spiral that led to Chris's suicide and detail his growing horror over things he had done in the past. They also show ever-increasing displeasure with family and friends which, I gather, led to the lies that filled his suicide note. After endless hours of poring over the journal and comparing dates in the book to events in real life and measuring how relevant they were to Chris's situation, I have trimmed the four-year journal into a series of staggering accusations, confessions, and musings that fill in many of the gaps in the Chris Hodges story. March 17th, 1994. I'm still tired. I don't know why. I slept well, I think. At least as far as I can remember. I'm not sure. There are still so many things that I'm unsure of at this point. The only thing I'm sure of is that I'm sure of absolutely nothing. Maybe by writing out my thoughts each day, I can figure out what they are and why I have them. Maybe I can escape. Maybe I can't. I'll just have to find out. Find out before everyone else does. For a while, Chris made no entries into the journal. The entries he did make were sporadic and altogether unremarkable. It seems like Chris was unsure about writing down his thoughts or was ignoring them altogether. About three months later, he began writing a lot in the journal. That's when the really interesting and disturbing entries began. July 23rd, 1994. What have I done? I still can't believe that the things that have come to pass have ever happened. I can't believe I let myself get into a situation where something like this could happen. One thing I know is that I can never talk about what happened. Never! I can't tell anyone, and I can't write about it. I know I could get caught, and I'd be in a lot of trouble, but I can't let that happen. I've got to keep on like nothing's happened. I've got to tell everyone that I don't remember what happened when I was away. For the first time in this entry, Chris seems to be scared that someone may discover whatever it is that he did. Based on his remarks about the situation and his extreme desire for secrecy, it is my logical assumption that what Chris did was quite bad, probably even illegal. He was able to maintain his secrecy up until his death, and only I, Jim Stormy Weathers, eventually found out what he did. But that's for later. August 15th, 1995. I think that I'm going to be able to get through all this shit. I'm not going to do it alone, though. There's this girl, Tracy Reed, who really seems to like me and is very beautiful and intelligent, at least from what I could tell. 
If she turns out to be as good as she seems right now, maybe I will be able to work my way through all these feelings and end up being okay with the whole thing. I mean, I don't think I'll ever be completely okay, but at least I'll be able to function normally and enjoy some measure of happiness. At least I can hope. This would be the last time Chris would use a word like hope. The rest of his entries are dark and moody and increasingly belligerent towards family, friends, and the world. He would also show a downward spiral of drug abuse that had been completely hidden from the world prior to his death. He began by drinking alcohol. March 15th, 1996. Today I had my first drink since the shit went down. I never thought I would drink again, but events have conspired to lead me to the sauce. I thought that being with this girl would take my mind away from what happened, but it didn't. I guess you can't escape what you do. You can't escape your past. The one thing I can do is hope that I can erase the past. I know I can't make it right, but maybe I can make it go away. The only thing that worries me is that since drinking was a large part of what happened in the first place, I'm afraid something might happen again. I know I'll never do what I did before, but... Something else bad could happen, and I've got to be very careful about that. June 19th, 1996. Jeez, I've got to slow down on this drinking binge. I've been gone for the last few months. The more I drink, the worse I feel, but also feel like shit when I don't drink. I need a break, though. Other people are starting to get suspicious. It's not even really helping anyway, and I don't want anyone else to know that I'm drinking. I've kept it a secret this long. I need to keep it under wraps. Maybe I should stop for a while. I don't know if I can, though. I just can't handle my thoughts very well without something to deaden them. Chris would eventually slow down on the drinking binge as he wanted. Along with this lessening of alcohol consumption came a growth in his relationship with Tracy. This seemed to give a brief boost to his emotional state and some small measure of hope that he could escape the past. October 31st, 1996. Wow, it actually feels like things are getting better for once. I've slowed down on the drinking. Things are going well with Tracy and my family is less obnoxious than usual. Maybe all I need to get over myself is time. I'll just focus on Tracy and baseball and football. If I do that, I shouldn't have time to think about all the bad things. Maybe I'll finally be free. Then came what might have been one of the most important events in the downward trajectory of Chris's mental state and even his life. His former best friend, Tim, revealed to the public that he was gay by filing a police report accusing several football players of physically assaulting him. Needless to say, Chris was not happy about the situation and was even less happy with Tim who he felt betrayed him by attacking his other friends. January 7th, 1997. That freaking fuck Tim accused Willie and Richie and some other players of beating him up. I can't believe he would do that shit. Well, I should. I mean, if he lied to me all these years about sucking dick, I guess maybe it would be easy for him to lie about my friends beating him up. What a fucking joke. I ought to beat the fucker up myself for being so incredibly stupid. Who does he think he is that he can go around accusing people of whatever he wants to? 
How am I supposed to forget about what happened with Tim being around and being one of them? I don't think I can. As far as I'm concerned, Tim is dead to me. He was never really that good of a friend anyway, and now that he's out of the closet, he's the worst possible kind of friend. I hate him, and I hope he stays away from me. I'll just be friends with real men, like the football players that the freak accused of all that shit. He can go to hell. This is where Chris's journal entries go even beyond my ability to give Chris the benefit of the doubt. This was the first of his homophobic anti-gay rants, but it wouldn't be his last. And more importantly for Chris, it was the end of his lifelong friendship with Tim, who had been his best friend for many years. In Chris's suicide letter, he marks this moment as Tim committing suicide and eliminates Tim from his life. Beyond this date, Tim related to me, Chris made no further contact with him and ignored Tim at every opportunity. March 15th, 1997. Today I tried smoking pot for the first time. I find it makes me less sick than the liquor does. It makes me feel a little bit better, but... I still feel like shit all the time. I can't stop thinking about all the shit that hit the fan. <sighs> Knowing that Tim is a cocksucker certainly doesn't help either. It just makes me sick. I wish there was something I could do about the whole situation, but I can't get my mind around it. I guess I just have to keep trying to wipe my memory clean. Maybe that'll work. Time was not able to heal Chris's hatred for his former best friend or heal the scars left by that night in 1994. On the third anniversary of the fateful night, Chris took the first drug he ever tried other than alcohol. Just like the year before, Chris took up a new vice in order to escape his past. He soon found that marijuana didn't work any better than alcohol did. June 14th, 1997. Sometimes I wish I could change the past. I know I can't, but my life would be so much different if I had made different choices when I was younger. I wish I could enjoy all the things I'm supposed to be enjoying. All the things everyone thinks I'm enjoying. I wish I could love Tracy like she wants me to love her, like she loves me. I wish I could blind myself into believing the world was as easy and good as my family thinks it is. I wish I could take advantage of all the things I'm supposed to gain from being a star athlete, but I can't. I don't think I ever will be able. For once in this entry, Chris seems to express some remorse and regret over the things he had done. He also expresses a desire to be the person that everyone actually thought he was. He also admits that, in his opinion, it wasn't to be. September 22nd, 1997. I am so fucking sick of football. The entire routine is beginning to drag on my nerves. We win all the time, but it doesn't really matter anymore. These backwoods dipshits that we play every week are so fucking inept in the game that it makes me sad. Especially when I realize that some of these retards are going to play college ball. They don't even deserve to step on the football field. I don't think college ball will be any better, and I don't know if I can wait long enough to make it to the pros. Baseball's not much better, and I know I can't handle playing in the minors with a bunch of no-talent hacks and kids who will never be able to play the damn game. I think maybe I'll quit playing both sports and piss everyone off. That'll teach them. By this entry, Chris has begun to tire of living the sham of existence that he has been reduced to. 
He is no longer the all-American, happy-go-lucky boy that he claims to be, and everyone thinks he is. He is also unhappy with the demands and desires that everyone holds for him, and doesn't want to be everyone else's golden boy. He is tired of living for other people's dreams and hopes. This is also the first entry where he hints at anything other than what everyone expects of him, to go on to college to play baseball and football. December 25th, 1997. There are so many people I wish I could kill. Particularly at this time of year. I could start with all the freaks out there. What fucking purpose do they have to live? None, I tell you. Not even that rat bastard Tim. I'd also like to kill everyone who coddles the freaks. Like the Democrats, and liberals, and bleeding heart bastards who think everyone deserves a free shot. I think they deserve a free shot from a twenty-two caliber rifle. That's about it. I also want to fucking kill all the mooches, and agents, and sneaky relatives who want to cash in on the fact that I can play ball. None of them can do shit for themselves, so they try to take it from me before I even get it. I can't wait to see the looks on their faces when they find out there won't be any money for anybody. They can all kiss my ass. The sentiments expressed previously become venomous in this entry as Chris is beginning to lose his ability to deal with all the people around him. At this point in his life, college football and baseball recruiters and pro baseball scouts were almost constantly badgering him to make a decision about his future. Unbeknownst to them or anyone else, Chris was making that decision. It just wasn't the decision anyone expected. January 31st, 1998. Today I did heroin for the first time. You know, anything to clear my mind, to free me of these nightmares, to help me sleep. But I hated it. It made me sick. Apparently my body didn't take to it, and I was praying to the porcelain god all night. I need to find something, though. I can't take much more of this shit. There's got to be a way out of all of this. I wish I could figure out how and still keep my fucking sanity. In this entry, Chris continues to chronicle his search for a chemical escape to his problems. As yet another anniversary of March 15, 1994 approached, Chris tried heroin, but he found that he was unable to handle it. That didn't end his search for an escape, though, as he still tried LSD, cat, and even worse things to escape his past. February 14th. 1997. My family is driving me mad. They're all so sickeningly sweet and I don't think I can take any more of it. They all think they're so perfect and that they know everything. If they only knew what I know. If they only seen what I've seen. Then maybe they could realize that we don't live in the leave it to fucking beaver world that they think they do. They don't deserve the things that they have, and they don't deserve a son like me, and I don't deserve to be stuck with them. One of several times throughout the journal that Chris makes negative comments on his family, but like the other comments, he makes no specific complaint about actions or words his parents directed at him. The most he found to be upset with them about was that he had a different worldview than they did, certainly not enough to warrant the anger and accusations present in Chris's letter. March 15th, 1998. At this point, even Tracy is getting on my nerves. 
She won't quit badgering me about my problems and whatever happened to me that night. Can't you realize that I don't want to talk to her about it? I've told her that a hundred times and she still won't fucking listen. It's enough to really piss me off. But she just doesn't know any better. She's kind of dumb that way sometimes. I really can't stand her when she's being dumb. Which is most of the time lately. This would be the first time Chris ever said anything negative about Tracy. In his eyes, it seemed, she had been badgering him to talk about the time of his disappearance, which she told me she learned of by talking to Tim. Chris had long ago sworn to never talk to anyone about the incident, and was angry that Tracy couldn't understand that. He didn't seem to care that she was trying to help him. March 26th, 1998. This fucking town is sapping the life out of me. I wish there was some way to get out of this hellhole. Now, I don't want to wait until after graduation. I don't want to leave one shitty town for another shitty town. I don't want to go to New York or Lincoln, Nebraska or some stupid fucking place where every dumb moron and stupid bitch worships football or baseball. All the girls want to use me to help them get the money and cars, and shit that they want, and all the guys want to suck my dick. I can't deal with it anymore. It's too much. I'm through with it. April 7th, 1998. I've never even liked the word suicide, much less thought of it. It's been creeping in my head lately, though. I mean, everywhere I go, it's the same old shit. Everybody worships the almighty BALL! It seems that nowhere in this country doesn't kiss the ass of anybody with any athletic talent whatsoever. If I killed myself, wouldn't they all just shit? They wouldn't know who to blame first. They'd blame it on drugs, or rock and roll, or television, or some shit like that. When they'll never figure out that they're all a part of it. They're all a part of the reason that people like me exist. And that we can't deal with the whole fucking thing. But I'll teach them. I'll be remembered, all right. Not for the reasons that they told me I would be remembered. They'll remember that I rejected their ideals and money and their whole fucking system. These two entries, a little more than a week apart, basically lay out the concept that Chris won't be playing college or pro sports and will instead be taking his own life. He specifically alludes to several colleges that were heavily recruiting him for football and baseball and again comments on how angry he is at all of the people he feels are trying to use him for his athletic ability. Then he says how he is going to get his final revenge on them. By killing himself. April 15th, 1998. I blame my parents because they didn't teach me the right thing to do or the right thing to want. I blame Tracy for not satisfying the needs that led me down the road to that night. I blame Brad for not keeping me out of harm's way. Most of all, I blame Tim. Whether I caught this disease from him or whether I just got some kind of vibe from him, he's the only one I know like that. He's the only one who does that. He's repulsive and dark and everything that is wrong with this country and with me. I blame myself for not figuring it out sooner. That was the last entry found in Chris Hodge's diary. 
Immediately after the last entry, three pages have been torn from the book. Their ragged stubs remain. Apparently Chris didn't want something to be read. The pages were not in his bedroom or anywhere else in his home. They were also not in his car or in any of his lockers at school. They appeared to be gone. The book was not completely full. More than a dozen pages lay blank at the back of the journal. On the inside of the back cover lay what seemed to be Chris's last poem and his last written work prior to the suicide note. Freedom by Chris Hodges I am so very sad for what I have done. I hope I can give you your freedom. Those were the last words to come out of Chris Hodges' journal. Or so we thought. I am Jim Stormy Weathers, and you've been listening to the ninth chapter of All-American, a true crime podcast. Kenneth Quinnell, as writer, director, and the character of Jim Stormy Weathers. Charles Lasky, as Chris Hodges. Hey, this is, this is Charles again. I'm sorry for those words. I didn't mean them. It's just, it's just acting.